Welcome to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, hosted by me, Coach Ben Rosario, featuring the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes, and from time to time, a special guest from the world of running. We talk training and racing, but we also just talk, and we go way deeper than just running. The Midday Treat is your chance to get to know us as people, so follow along and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now, check out this episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Uh, this is a this is a very purposeful podcast. We're here with head coach Alan Culpepper, and we're going to talk some high school cross country training today, uh, training and culture. Uh, because as we sit here today, it's the end of September, and so we all know that uh, October is kind of the big month coming up. So maybe uh, we can uh, shed a little knowledge and, and who, who knows, maybe help out a, a high school team or two um, down the stretch here. But first, Alan, welcome to the pod. Uh, how are things going? You've been here now a few months. What's, what's the overall kind of overarching take? Man, yeah. First time on the pod, huh? This is... Uh... <laughs> This is a big day for me, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, gosh, my overarching take is is what a great group of athletes we have. Um, I just love their disposition and their energy and their um, enjoyment of each other. Um, I feel like everybody is really enjoying um, where they are currently in their training. You know, we got we got people kind of all over the map. You know, yep. people racing this weekend, people that are uh, really focusing on marathons this fall. And we have others that are just kind of building up. We got others that are brand new to professional running, you know. Yep. So um, with that whole eclectic mix, I'm really just happy with where where we are as a group and where everybody is um, individually. I think we're just in a good spot. So, yeah, all, all good things right now. How um, how are the new athletes, the rookies, blending in with the veterans? Um, I mean, everything I'm seeing is really, really well. I think that's one, one of the things I love about our team is that we have this mixture and that we have people that have been doing this for a long time and that are true professionals. And we have new people that are literally two months into being a pro, you know. Um, and, I mean, everything is just – you can tell that they're taking it in and that they're yeah. watching and they're observing. Um, but I think they also bring this – this youthfulness and in, in kind of um, freshness also that I think is good for the veterans. Yep. So all around, I think it's a good combination. What um, one, of the, one of the things I like that, you know, we can't totally control this. We, we control as much as we can. But they, they came here and, and kind of all they've seen is success in terms of us going to races. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Steph wins, Matt wins. Yep. How important is it to get off to a good start performance-wise for, for the rookies as they come in? Um, I, I guess I'm not super focused on that for them at this time. Um, Me, meaning meaning how, how important is it for them to see that the bar oh, is no, high? I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, oh, we're, you know, we're, I think it gives them an extra layer, layer of belief in what we're all doing. That's right. That, that more than anything. Um, I think they already knew that, you know, our expectations and our, you know, belief in what what we can achieve is very high so i don't think we were ever minimizing that of just like we just hope over the next (laughs) five years you get a little bit better like i think we have we have big aspirations for all of them um and don't want to limit anybody so i think that that's 
I think that's been really good and that they can see like, oh, we have people that are winning national championships and winning races and that that's how we're going into each competition. Yeah. I think is important. And and then for them, I think it just sets this nice little tone, you know? Yeah. So, but I don't think they would have thought otherwise. I think it's that's just where we're at. But for them right now, just personally, I'm just really focusing on the work, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, this is where we literally lay lay the foundation for the entire season, you know? And so we, we just need to kind of just do that really intentional and smart. And it's this delicate balance when you, when you come out of college, when you don't have the cross country season where you all of a sudden you feel like, well, I have all this time, you know, yeah. and you do have more time and you can be much more uh, calculated. But at the same time, um, I, you just see it with professionals a lot where they, every year they get a little further away from what they did mm-hmm. in college which set them up very well for their track seasons, obviously, you know. Yeah. And, you know, granted, we're on different schedules and we're trying to, to, to make it through the whole summer and not just to May or something or early June. But um, to still say, hey, we have, we have time, but you still have to be um, not slip into this um, complacent role or like this idea that, well, I have so much time to where you're That's not right. taking advantage of this time of the year. So, so I think we're trying to blend that um, right now. So... All of that is a good segue because a lot of the things that you're dealing with right now, um, new people coming into a system, um, trying to establish that culture, establish that buy-in, that belief, and then uh, build toward a goal is very applicable to what high school teams all over the country are doing right now. Um, They had freshmen come in, maybe new sophomores come in in August. Um, They're trying to blend them into the culture that they've established, um, trying to build some early season workouts. And now we're to the point at the end of the September uh, where for most states, the big invitationals are right around the corner. And before you know it, it's the sectional meet, the state meet, uh, the championship part of the season. So let's talk a little bit about that and start off with, um, you know, what you've learned and, and what you kind of think about when you think about high school training, because you, you coached a little bit in high school mm-hmm. a few years ago, coached your son Cruz a little bit. Um, what do you think about the high school landscape in the U.S. right now? And uh, particularly just let's talk a little training first. Sure. I mean, gosh, everything comes back to high school cross country in my mind. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like the foundation of all of it. And honestly, what we're doing right now on our team is like a – is like a mini version of, of how to do this yep. at your program, you know? Um, and so you're exactly right. You're worth what culture do you already have in place? Like what, what needs to change in that culture? What's working well? And these are all the things you should assess in the summertime. Yeah. Um, but then to ensure you like create a dynamic for those, those youth that are coming in to where they like feel like right away the expectation is, Oh, this is a high. This is a high achieving team. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not producing high uh, high level results, it's still like we have a high level of expectation of you and your conduct and your uh, attendance and how you, what time you show up for the bus, like all that kind of stuff is like is um, so massively important. The younger they are, you know, yeah, um, and just sets a tone for your whole team. But but specifically about the training. Um, yeah, this is an important time of year because I think what, what what a lot of coaches will slip into is the overemphasis on the wrong areas. Yeah. They, they start to feel like kind of panicky, like, okay, okay, um, we're getting towards the end, and so therefore we need to start um, over-sharpening and then moving away from the foundational things that, 
that have got you to that point. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to remember that when you're a high school kid running, you know, 30 to 60 miles a week, let's just say as a range for a freshman to a senior, and that's a generalization, there's, you know, something within that zone, that's still relatively speaking on the low end of total workload. And so therefore, um, you can't, you have to be careful to not slip into the over tapering mindset because mm-hmm. um, uh, with kids that age, without a foundation, without mm-hmm. 10 years of running under the belt, whatever it is, they're just falling out of shape. You know, if you're not continually touching on the aerobic, aerobic, aerobic. So I think, you know, some of the high achieving high schools have figured this out. And certainly at the collegiate level, um, you know, you can listen to post post race conferences from uh, press conferences from the NCAA championships where they're not talking about very much tapering, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not like, Oh yeah, we had a three week taper coming into this. Yeah. And all you ever hear from that is, is people feeling stale and, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, jelly like, so, so I would say that's the first thing to be, be careful about is don't, don't start throwing in stuff you just haven't been doing. Like yeah. you just don't need to start adding in like wild, wildly different stuff. Yeah. So you're better off doing exactly what you've been doing. As long as it's sound, sound in terms of fundamentals, um, and don't don't fall into the trap of over tapering, and don't fall into the trap of adding too much speed work. Yeah. Um, in the realm of things, again, they're not running that fast. This is yeah. not track. Um, you know, high high level achieving high schoolers are running 440 mile or something, and this is at the top top yeah. level. In the realm of things, that's just not. Yeah. It doesn't require that much turnover. You know. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing with with most high school programs is they they just they kind of panic. You know, yeah. towards the end of the season. Yeah. And then the athletes start feeling that, and they feel like, hey, they start overemphasizing um, the importance of these races yeah. in terms of how they dictate the training. And then that changes the whole mindset of the athletes, and then they get all worked up, and they all of a sudden they're like, uh, we're all going to dye our hair blue the, before the race, and they're over, they're they're making it more than it should be. Yeah, like I we used to joke when our on our team that we loved it anytime a team showed up. And I'm sorry if your team does this, any, any listeners. Anytime a team showed up with, like, new uniforms, all shaved their heads, like, um, if they did something different, like, yeah. that they hadn't done, for, you know, I know some teams have rituals, and that's great, you know. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool things that, that these teams will do where they'll, you know, write their teammates' names on their legs, or, you know, that's great, you know, high school girls and stuff like that, that's perfect. I'm saying something new and different that's yeah. like, we're making this way more all of a sudden than it yeah. should be. Those are teams I was psyched, like, oh, great, we're going we're to beat them because yep. they're going to implode yep. because when it starts to not go the way they think it should, yep. then it just all falls apart pretty quickly. You know? One of the things I think, too, and you, you kind of were, were, were mentioning it, is you, you are racing in this period of time, mm-hmm. and the race itself is an incredible workout. Yeah. And I always felt like there were teams that made the mistake of not – recognizing acknowledging that hey on saturday we just ran 5k all out yeah and not thinking about the physiological toll that takes a but also b the physiological benefits mm-hmm. so, so, so it's almost like they were they're not incorporating yeah. that into the <laughs> into the overall structure of their training um were you somebody at the high school level or would you if you were coaching at the high school level now um be purposeful about the races, meaning, hey, this race, we're going to run the last mile hard, take the first mm. two easy, or did you just let them go? Yeah, for, for my team specifically, I was like, I was holding kids out of 
uh, out of races and stuff, like uh, not running the varsity at this race yeah. and letting the JV bump up to varsity for that race so that we could run all the races hard. Yep. But then um, 100% you have to factor in what that stimulus is. And it's always like a race, a race stimulus for 5K, if we want to put it in categories, is more of this, you know, VO2 max kind of range, you know. And so for me, it was always, we always went back to aerobic. It's yes. like just yes. like, and that's again, another fundamental mistake that coaches do out of it. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's not just immaturity. It's like, um, well, in, in a way it's human nature. Sure. You sure. actually have to be a little counterintuitive yeah, to yeah, get yeah. this thing right. Yeah. Yep. And so you have to say, okay, if we're hitting that stimulus, then why would you come back on the next Monday or Tuesday and do the same stimulus again? Yeah. Um, you you for sure need to always revert always revert back to aerobic. Yeah. Give me give me a give me a simple aerobic workout to do on a Monday or sure. Tuesday after a workout after a race on Saturday. I mean, I'll tell you what what the best performing teams now I know are doing is they do their long runs on Monday. Yeah. So that they can race on Saturday, take Sunday off, take Sunday off, run on Monday, easy on Tuesday, work out on Wednesday. Yep. Dude, I'm giving away lots of high schools. There's going to be some teams that are going to be pissed about this, but um, work out on Wednesday. Yep. Come back and work out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that when you have a race, you're just replacing a workout with a race. Yeah. But you can always stay on the Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday yeah. cycle with Monday long run, Wednesday workout. That's right. I mean, that's a great way to just organize your week. Um, now this requires parents and teams buying into coming on Saturdays when they don't have a race yep. and it requires being uh, thoughtful and mature about not having your kids race every single week. Yep. Again, there's going to be people listening to that, that, that they just don't, a, they don't believe in that, or that's just not part of their, yeah. the culture of where they, um, where they live, you know? Um, but I'm just telling you the top 20 teams in the country, this is how they do it. Yeah. Like they're not racing every weekend, yeah. every kid, every weekend. And then they get to the Nike regional and hope that their team is going to be in the top five. It's just, yeah. it's not going to happen. You yeah. know, just like everything, everything we do, man, it's like, you got to be intentional. You got to think it out and not just like, just hope it works out, you know? That's right. So, um, some good aerobic workouts, like for high school kids, I would, um, I would have them do things like, um, like four by a mile, but like very controlled, you know? Yeah. So like where it was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to base it off of your 5k PR and then we're going to work backwards and know that we're going to keep that yeah. uh, pace very controlled and take short rest between it. Yeah. And then maybe do some like hill repeats after that or something yeah. to where they get some more aerobic work. Yeah. Um, but then they get a little different and it mixes it up for them, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, four to five miles worth of work, I think was always a great one. And sometimes I would do things like, um, we would do like a two mile tempo on the track mm-hmm. and then do some 800s, mm-hmm. you know, but again, this is all very controlled. It was never just like, I rarely cut them loose ever. Yeah. Um, the same way now with our athletes, we just, yeah. it's very specific when we cut them loose mm-hmm. because then you start, um, you know, it just, it's a different system you're working. Yep. As we move further along in the season, see, this is again a, a big struggle with post collegiates is they they race so often in high school and college. Mm-hmm. You get out of college, you got to be much more intentional about the hard workouts, mm-hmm. like hard by meaning like semi race effort. You know, mm-hmm. when you put those in and how often. When you're in high school and college, you just don't need many of those because you're racing so much. Yeah, and the, the good college programs have figured this out, and the good high school programs have figured this out, where they they just don't do killer hard workouts. Yeah. That's what the races are for. That's right. And the other stuff is all very much calculated on 
what your, you know, what kind of your, you know, everyone loves throwing around a lactic threshold, but just kind of that comfortably hard kind of effort. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How about how, how much did you take into account the terrain of the particular state meet mm. that you were preparing for and what would your suggestion be on that front? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, for us, we definitely factored that in because it was such a unique course. So I say yeah. the more unique the course, the more you need to plan for it. So again, these were the things that like the teams that that were were trying to do well at state would either go to an early season race at that course yep. or we would take our our varsity group down there and do a workout on the course, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, where it was like a real good, fun team bonding thing. Mm-hmm. We're taking the bus down. We're spending a day down there. We're going to lunch. Like it was great for the team, but it was also, they got to see the course and we got to bro- break it up into segments mm-hmm. to where you could say, we're going to do K's on the course and we're going to do each section. So you know what each section feels like, you know? Yeah. So stuff like that, that I think works really well. If you have a course that's like just not real technical or, there's no real nuances. I still think it builds a, it takes away the intimidation. Yeah. If they've been there and they're like, oh, I've seen it, I understand it. Yeah. I know what it's gonna feel like. I think another great thing to do um, that we did was like, I got a whole busload of kids that weren't on the varsity to come to the state meet. Yes. To watch, yes. to be at the meet, to see all the hoopla, to see the team warming up. To just to know to where, hey, you're, if you're here next year or the next year, you kind of know how, what the vibe is like. Yep. So that they're not just freaked out the first time they get there. You know? yep. And the same thing happens with, the, the again, the high-performing teams that go to the regional, you know, these national-type level caliber races. You know, they'll, my son's out of meet this weekend in Arizona, and he lives in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And they're coming down to see this course because they're going to be back here for the Nike Regionals That's in right. another month and a half yep. to where then as a – as a kid on the team, and then he'll be back. He'll just be kind of know what to expect to yeah. have seen the course. So again, this takes commitment not just from you as the coach. It's it's a lot you and your staff. But this is parent buy-in. Yep. This is you know parents that are spending money to put their kid on a flight and yep. to go do this. But um, our our whole thing and what what I was big on was like I mean if you're playing club soccer or basketball oh, or yeah. tennis or this is like a very very small investment yeah and this is important like for your kid to do something and do it right that was my thing it's like are we going to just do this like an activity well they can go out for you know aerobic fitness and walking pe class like i want them to be in a sport where it's serious and i don't care their ability that's right but we're serious yeah and if you miss and you want to work a part-time job that's fine you just can't be on the team and i had parents that didn't want to hear that you know like they were like but but they need this for their college resume. I'm like, well, then they can come to practice every day and they can, That's right. you know, get on the bus on time and not skip for a dentist appointment every other week. And, you yeah. know, I don't know. I, I think kids nowadays like it being focused and serious personally. Yeah. And I think parents, once they get it, yeah. will appreciate it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's envision what someone might be asking as they heard those last few minutes i'm trying to put myself in their shoes so we've got the state meet coming up we know particularly if the state course is kind of fast that these kids are going to get out like crazy people right <laughs> boys are going to run their first mile in 440 girls are going to run their first mile in 505 yeah but all you talked about was being controlled so how are they how do you get them ready for that first mile and what they're going to have to face yeah um, you can definitely do some things in in training you know or like 
intentionally practice that. Like, hey, we're going to do a, a hard quarter at the beginning. Yeah. Then we're going to settle in and do repeats at the right effort. And then we'll do something hard at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. Even if it's like um, aerobically based. Like, so do a, or even like a hard 800 mm -hmm. where it gets them kind of into debt. Yeah. But then you, it, then the whole workout isn't that way, you know. No. It's like get into debt, but then you come back and do like some mile repeats that are real controlled, and then do another hard eight hundred yeah. at the end, something like that. So there's a mental and physical component. Yeah, totally. We were teaching them how to like deal with lactate, yeah, but also slow down and and their body like process that, but also how to handle like this is really uncomfortable, but I can recover and, and deal with it better, you know. So I think that is is helpful. Workouts like that, you don't you don't need a ton of those. Yeah. Um, I think just talking openly with the athletes, like what's our strategy? What's this going to actually, like how is it going to unfold? And to just be mature and not get wrapped up into all the excitement of yeah. like, yeah, but now we're doing our team cheer and everyone's all pumped up and now we're the ones that look like idiots by going out too hard. Yeah. Like just talk out your strategy of like, okay, what do we think you can run for 5K? Now we also still have to race. Yep. And you have to position yourself and you have to know the terrain. And so that means you can't just like, you know, go out and jog the first. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to run it perfectly even. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. But it should be closer to even than like your first 400 being, you know, so far out of whack with the rest of the race, you know. Yeah. And and how how often are you talking about that over the course of yeah. let's say this last month or so four or five weeks heading into the state meet because that's about how much yeah. people have left at this point you know to, to me i always thought well and you kind of talked about it you don't want to put the state meet on a pedestal yeah but at the same time you got to be prepared for it yeah so is this something you talk about specifically when the workout calls for it to be talked about are you chatting about it informally or are you waiting to the end what's your yeah. strategy there no, that's a that's a good point. I think um, I think you definitely talk about it for a purposeful workout. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to do this workout for this reason, you know. Yeah. Or we're going down to the state course to do this for yeah. this reason. Um, I think that that takes the mystique off and it makes it real practical. You yeah. Know? Um, I think you do need to talk about it intentionally a couple other times. Like, yeah. We're going to talk strategically, like to just. Um, take the mystique off. Like, yeah. again, this is all just pragmatic. Very pragmatic yeah. way. Yeah. We're just like, here's the strategy, and this is the same way anyone in any sport would be. Yeah. Um, that it's not based on hype or your emotions. It's just like, we're just going to logically think through this, you know? I think the last week, you don't talk about it. Yeah. I think that by that point, um, you know, we're just we're just doing what we do, and yeah. we're enjoying our last Having team fun. dinner, and yep. we're going to... I think at that point, you really focus on... Um, this is This is stuff that... Um, even as a professional, like oh, yeah. that these are people who are, who are doing this for a living that still struggle with these types of things. But um, I say at the last week, you just focus on kind of the nuts and bolts, like the real logistics of like, yeah. here's what time the bus leaves. Yes. Here's what time you should be yeah. getting up that day. Here's when you should have your breakfast, like super simple. basic, simple things. Yep. Lay it all out for them, like write a schedule for them. Yeah. Um, so that they feel like a little bit more control of the situation and not just like, oh, my God, I got on the bus and I didn't know what to eat and I forgot my spikes. And like go through everything they should do that day yeah. and the day prior. Like here's what we're going to do for a shakeout and all that. And just keep it very, very, very basic and logical. I mean, that was that was my marathon strategy, honestly. Yeah. The closer I got to the race, the more I focused on very, very simple, basic things like, all right, my next meal is at this yeah. time and then i'm gonna do my shake out at this time makes the day go by shower too. at this time yeah makes I mean, the day go by totally yeah 
Um, okay, well, this is perfect. We've been segueing, segueing. Now we're to race day. So what is your preferred race strategy at a state meet? Boys, girls, let's say your team is trying to win, or, or let's just say they're trying to be in the top five, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not everybody can win the darn thing. Um, what's, what's your kind of, um, if you could just generalize, what's your, what's your state cross-country meet strategy? Yeah, generalize. I think uh, I think you do need to make one distinction between an athlete who there is really there to be in the top, you know, top lead pack. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like those those athletes need a different strategy because they're they're legitimately there to race the athletes that they're that are in the top. You know. Yep. Um, and how that combines with racing the course. You know. Yeah. So I think pulling them aside and doing a separate talk with them on strategy is important. Of like, here's how we think it's going to go. Here's the people you need to be keying off of. Here's where you need to make sure you're going with this move. Like, yeah. like really talk through the whole thing. Um, the rest of them, honestly, I was much more like, much more like, we're going to be super patient and we're going to be calm yeah. and we're not going to panic and we're going to yeah. again just break it into segments. I would, I would give them a segment like a section and break it into little um, first mile. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. And it was all about mental cues. Yeah. So like, all right, first mile, I want you to be aggressive, but still calm. And yeah. then the next mile, I want you to be, oh gosh, what would I do? That would be like steady, yeah. you know, like keep the little mantra they could tell themselves, be steady, be steady, be steady. And then the last mile was be tough, yeah. you know, things that they could like at least, um, and I would say this out on the course, you know, because yeah. sometimes you'd see athletes get out and then they'd get real complacent and yeah. they were just like. Oh yeah, big like, time. Big you know, time. and then false they would sleep. just settle. Yeah, fall asleep. So I was like, steady, 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 steady. Yeah. You know, you know, to where they felt like they were in it. And then the last part was like, you're tough, you're tough. You know, yeah. screw it. <laughs> yeah. To where they were real. I, I am tough. You know. So I think I think that kind of stuff can help them. You know. Yeah. Um, I still have kids calling me now that like, hey, can we talk about our race plan? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and they're in college. You know, they want strategy because they just liked. They they feel out of control, you know. Yeah. Kids feel out of control. So yeah. give them something else to think about. Yeah, you know? keep it simple. Yeah. What um, this is more just a nerdy question, but I'm there's I'm sure there's plenty of people like me listening that are also nerds. So I would think that the closest thing that I can think of for you to a state meet, not have not making you go all the way back to high school, <laughs> would be the NCAA cross country championships. Yeah. And then the World Cross Country Championships, yeah. because. In both of those situations, um, you're kind of like this pretty good high school kid, but not necessarily, you know, yeah. especially world cross. Yeah. You know, because you're essentially you're that kid you're talking about. Like, you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah. So how did you run world cross? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I and I didn't fancy myself a, a great cross country runner, you know. Yeah. Um, but I did well. I got like 21st at world cross. Yeah. You know. And I was really proud of that performance because I'm like, there's six or seven, how many, I think there were seven on each team, right? Yeah, yeah, back seven then. Seven yeah. Ethiopians, seven Kenyans, seven Ugandans, you know, like I yeah. was like, these are, there's a lot of good runners here, you know? Yeah. And so, um, honestly, I just, I just did it the same way where I, I, I knew I had to be aggressive enough at the beginning. That's right. To where it's like, you have to have trained that. So you have to like have done enough like hard workouts that's where these kids they can do that because they've done a lot of enough hard races. Yeah. But where you can get out aggressive but not over your head. That was the main thing. Yeah. And so it was like get out, 
where you're in touch with the race is how I put it. Like I was in the front quarter of the race. Yeah. Because there were still still people way out over their heads. And yeah. this is a 12K race, yeah. seven and a half miles on really, really muddy, tough conditions, you know? Yep. So it's still a grind. So for me, it was like be aggressive, but still not crazy. Yeah. And then settle in. And it was just at that point, honestly, for me, it was like, how many people can I pass yeah. during the second half of the race? Yeah. Because the, the further along you get in this, and especially even at a statement, it takes them longer to die. Cause they're just better, you know? Yeah. And so the good runners just take longer to die. So you like in college, I could go out towards the back, yes. run super even and just literally be passing people the entire the race entire and blowing by people, you know? Yeah. Now the further along I got into college, you're not going to win a race that way, you know, yeah. or be all American. And so I would be more aggressive the further along I got. But basically I think it just depends on the, characters of that athlete if that athlete is your third fourth fifth runner yeah you need to be real calculated about um you know what splits they should be running yeah and how they should not be how they should be really trying to pass people throughout the entire race versus going the other way you yeah know? and if they do it right it's beautiful you know oh yeah and they and it can win you great. it can win you a statement oh, 100%. Yeah. i mean look you know the 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 fact of the matter is course physiologically it's a it's a it's a greater performance to finish first second third fourth at the state meet but mentally it's way harder to get 21st yeah it is yeah it's way harder because if you're trying to win or be be in the top five if you're that caliber of boy that caliber of girl the whole race is right there in front of you yeah yeah, you know exactly what place you you're in you can count it you know it's all right there it's probably the same people you've been racing all year because you're kind of one of the top athletes in the state but if you're the third fourth fifth girl third fourth fifth boy and you're trying to score those last really, really important points for your team. And you're like, in order to do that, you need to be 40th. Let's say 40th yeah. would be a great day for you. That's so hard. You have no <laughs> idea where you are. Yeah. People are shouting things. You got parents shouting things. You don't know who knows what. Yeah. Some people are telling you you're in 25th. Some yeah. people are telling you you're in 60th. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really hard. I agree. And so I think what you said there a, a minute ago about telling those athletes or giving those athletes very simple sort of mental cues just to keep just to basically keep their foot on the gas. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. they just keep their foot on the gas and don't don't let themselves fall asleep mentally, they'll probably do okay. Yeah. But it's easier said than done. Oh I agree. And you know you hear coaches talk about, you know, win your race. You know, win the race of the people around That's you. That's right. You know, and not just like, uh uh, I don't see my teammate that I've been yeah. with all season and they're up there and now yeah. I'm, I feel like I just want to give up, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, you're win your race. But, but I think the, the more, um, the more mature you can help them be about the first 800 meters, That's right. like really the first 200 or 300 that it's all going to be kind of, uh, fast, you know, it's the next like three or four, 600 meters yeah. where they just, athletes go crazy and it ruins their whole race. It does. And if you could just be patient and just give them the confidence to be patient. Yeah. And to trust it, trust it, trust yeah. it. Like, and then when they feel that they're passing people, then it just creates, oh, it yeah. makes it so much easier for them to stay mentally engaged versus like, oh, I'm just, I'm just hanging on for dear life. Like, as you said, 40th hanging on for dear life are going backwards from 20th Ugh. at the halfway point. It's rough. It's horrible. It's like, rough. So don't put them in that position. That's right. Basically. That's right. And that's your job to give them the plan and the skills and the confidence, which means you got to go back 
three, four races and practice it in this the other is, race. This is why we're doing Re-practice. this right now. This is yeah. the perfect time. You have the opportunity over the next three, four yeah. weeks in the races that you have coming up to sort of establish your template, establish your championship race template, get them sort of give them that race plan in the same way that you know you're going to give it to them on, on state meet day, yeah. uh, get them in that rhythm, get them believing, get them being confident, and, and get them practicing essentially what they need to do. Now, you don't need to frame it that way, yeah. but you internally as a coach, you know, hey, what we're actually doing here is just getting them ready. We're just practicing, yeah. yeah we're just practicing. I think another strategy too is um, making sure you're being mature about, uh, as the coach, about what's about the build-up races about the qualifying races yeah i remember there was one year i was like i want to get second i told the team i want us to get second at regionals yeah i don't want us to win the region yeah and i was like and i guarantee you we will crush that team yeah that beats us at regionals you know yeah but if we're out there trying to win the region then we're leaving something out there because this was like a week later was the statement you know yeah and these were all at altitude too you know And so, yeah, we got second, and then that team was like, you know, ninth the next yep. week, and we were like yep. third or something, you know. Yep. So that that to me is um is also important is like know your competition and be mature about what does it take. To, that was my high school coach was great about this, yeah, because he he just was like, I don't, I don't care, like what do you need to do to get to state? That's how he always thought it. Yeah, and I it's remember qualifying round. He's like, it's qualifying. Yeah, and so I remember I went to high school regionals and track, and I got second in the mile and the two mile. And everyone was like, oh, what's happening? You know, like, yeah. and I was like, I'm just here to qualify. And the next week I won state in both, yeah. you know, yeah. and crushed everyone. And so it's like, as long as you, they get a lot of confidence from that if yeah. they know that that's the plan. And and if you have that leeway, like we knew we could run conservatively and get second. Yeah. And third was like way, yeah. it wasn't a, like, there's no way, unless someone fell, yeah. we weren't going to get third, you know. So I don't know, you can do things like that to also just, um, they, they only have so much mentally to give, too. So yeah. you got to be mindful of that, especially if they've raced nine times between, totally. you know, September and October, you know. Yeah. I love it. Okay, this was great. We'll do this again um, every couple months. Just check in with you, yeah, see, sure. how the, see how the team's doing, and pick some some sort of topic. High school, I mean, cross high school cross country, man. That's like, this was a great first great. topic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll talk NCAA cross um, in November with, okay. with a few weeks to go before that one. That'd be good. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. But uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, thanks for the update on the team. We'll keep everybody posted on our social channels, of course, as to what's going on. Uh, quick note for you guys listening. We are launching today, uh, the same day this podcast comes out, our Strava Run Club. So if you're on Strava, search for Hoka NAZ Elite, join the club. Uh, we'll have tons of posts on there, and it's just going to be a great way to engage with the team. So that's starting today. Uh, this weekend we have the USATF 10-mile championships, and then a few weeks New York City Marathon, and it just keeps going and going. So just stay up to date, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on what we got going. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Bill. listening to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I'm Addison Rosario, Coach Ben's daughter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NAZ underscore Elite. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on NAZElite.com and stay tuned for the next episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite.